Hey folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver and to another episode of The Shrink and the Pundit, where I, Jeff the Pundit, talk to my good old buddy, Dr. Keith Witt, integral psychotherapist extraordinaire about all things integral. In this conversation, we take a look at the next generation, the kids, the teenagers, people entering their 20s, are they okay? Dr. Keith and I try to bring an integral perspective to this question. Thanks for joining us. Who we are is affected a lot by culture. And then all this research about IGN kids being suicidal and depressed and anxious. We, we've been talking about that. Yeah. So I got, so Jean Twinge is the guru about this in the world. She's, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of a social social research statistics geek and so give me a book like a 300 page book that has literally a thousand statistics in it you know yeah. and you know i mean yeah. that was the only thing i enjoyed reading when i had covid because it was yeah. just oh, another page of statistics about I, you know, like so Isn't i started reading she she wrote you know generation me she wrote the narcissism epidemic and she wrote a new book called generations Oh, and I'm, that's my next read. Yeah, and I've been listening to it. Oh, really? Uh, tell me. Tell me. Where, well, where it? It, it goes through the whole um, generations from the silent generation to the boomer generation to Generation X to the millennials uh -huh. and to Generation Z and then what she calls the uh, polars, which is the new young kids. Yeah, yeah. Polars. So she talks about all of them and a lot more statistics and so forth. Uh, but what what she's talking about in iGen and what we've been talking about is would be the um, Generation Z, basically the people born from 1995 on. I'm thinking to 212. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So the, basically the under 30, 28 and under the people who are just now going through their Saturn return. Yes. <laughs> well said. You know, at, at, at the leading edge. Yeah. So, yeah. So the young, the younger generation is and um, and. You know, from an evolutionary, as evolutionaries, it's just fascinating, isn't it? You know, are they? It, it's so. First of all, I'm. I'm. I want to ask you a couple of questions about that. But yeah, seems like it seems like if you follow it from the boomers to to X to millennials to IGN and now to the, the new ones, they're getting more green. They're yeah. getting more sensitive. Absolutely. It, it's almost as if let's expand green to a big continuum. It seems like there's a gradual movement towards, which hope me are are they at the the point of that breakthrough into teal? They, is a generation closer to that that breakthrough into teal than other generations? Would the children be cho closer? I don't know, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I think so, and I think we can see some uh, uh, beginnings of that. I mean, just as we saw the beginnings of green with our generation, Keith, in yeah. the 60s, you know, the throwing off the con conformity and 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 something other than just soulless consumerist materialism uh -huh. and all of the stuff that boomers did. Really, that was the beginning. And that what we realized, because we thought we were the boomers, is that a lot of boomers didn't do that. You know, a lot of boomers stayed right at the traditional, a lot stayed at modern, but there was that cutting edge, but that has become bigger and there's a new cutting edge. And it's and and I think in, in a way it's still green, but it's good green mm -hmm. in the sense that it's egalitarian. 
Mm -hmm. It's a complete new sort of, it's like the Google map of identity has turned up several notches. So the yeah. idea of male or female or this or that, these big categories that we grew up with are being complexified and accommodating so much more, um, you know, masculine and feminine and one person, the binary, the fluid, the, that sort of thing. That is the future. That will be our grandchildren. It's so interesting to me that to the, a lot of the IGN kids, and this is the, the research that they did was uh, cross-cultural and, and cross-SES, uh, social economic level. I mean, this is all the kids. They actually get confused when they talk about racism, to some of them. They get a little confused when they talk about um, though they 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 do they, they get, you you broke up there they get confused when they talk about racism okay because most of them are, have been in schools that have been less than fifty percent Anglo okay mm -hmm. uh, they, they're they're fiercely egalitarian and and anxious you know they're really worried about safety particularly financial safety which is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. uh, given that there's going to be fewer workers as they progress into the workforce and they're going to be more valuable workers. Um, but they don't, they didn't have the experience of having jobs as kids or summer jobs and so on. Much fewer of them work. You know, when you and I were young, like I, I did labor jobs and that kind of stuff. And then I kind of worked my way up. I mean, I was fired from being a lemon picker. I was not a good enough lemon picker to be a lemon picker and they fired me. <laughs> what a mistake. I know, I know. What a, what a shame. But lemon picking has really lost somebody because yeah. Keith really didn't come on board. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's true. And, and and they don't work summer jobs and they don't mow brass and they don't, you know. Uh, but they don't want to work in the same way we did. I mean, I, I, we, you know, we talked about this with depression and the anxiety and so forth. And suicidality, yeah. Yes, it, it, in some ways, what they're dealing with is, I don't, I hate to see it as a mental health crisis. I know it is by typical standards, but it's an evolutionary crisis. They're including so much more information and they have less to hang it on in the sense, and I'm, this is evolutionarily appropriate too, but God, religion, patriotism, all of these things that were the the, you know, the narratives of history that you could find your identity in. Yeah. It's no longer, you know, post-modernity did its job. They're gone. <laughs> I kept thinking about you when I was reading this stati these statistics. Yeah. That they're unchurched. You know, churches around the United States are being yes. repurposed, okay? Yes. Um, uh, th that uh, they don't, they don't trust, tr they don't think schools are very relevant. They're disinterested in schools because they think schools are, are, are are not relevant and also so when the iphone hit when everybody had an iphone 2012 there was there was a shift that it was more steep than anybody had seen in generational research ever okay yeah. now one of the things is what you're talking about way more depression anxiety suicide suicidality all that other stuff loneliness yeah. Yeah. That you're, that you're, the more time you spend online the more likely you are to be unhappy and depressed um, and that's after two hours. Two hours of social media or less doesn't seem to have that. It's, it's like that thing about a, a glass of wine a day, isn't it? But if you go over 14 drinks a week, all of a sudden there's cascading health problems the, the more you drink. Yep. 
So the anvil is like that, except unlike alcohol, um, it, it's like the printing press in 1440. It's created a, a dramatic shift in, in information exchange and connectivity that we're still seeing. Uh, and I think that in general, that's a good thing. It, in general, yes. to have a window into infinity that fascinates you is a good thing. Now, dialectic of progress, there's all this, this evolution is wasteful. You know, there, there's no point in evolution where there's not a lot of losers. No, and evolution doesn't like peaceful either. No, it's not peaceful. I mean, I hate to say that, but it does explain human history and history in general. Yeah. Uh, no, evolution thrives on challenge and and edge and you know edgy and scary and uh, challenging. Yeah, that's conflicting. That's, that, that, well, in chaos theory, it's out of that 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 chaotic that that chaotic interface um, between um, rigidity and c- complete you know diffusion. That little self-repeating patterns, those those fractal patterns, that's where novelty yeah. arises. And 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 I'm, it made me as I was doing doing this, uh, it, it made me very very curious about what the children of this generation, what, what's going to happen with them. There are going to be less children in this from this generation than any generation in, in U.S. history. Uh, they're going to get more resources directed their ways because there's only going to be one or two of them in a family. Boomers average of four, which means me my question. So as you're listening to the Generations book, what stands out to you? I mean, what caused you to go, wait a minute, what, what about this? Well, that's well, one of them is children, you know, silent generation would have come from large families, six, seven, eight kids. Yeah. And that makes sense at that economic stage of development where you, you're one out of six kids died in 1930. And kids took care of their parents. Kids, kids took care of their kids. parents and kids yeah. were useful on the farm. People are, kids are not so useful in suburbia. No, no, kids are, I, I keep telling my clients, this is something I, I, I work with parents every week. Nobody these days, or at least the last 30 years, nobody has kids for the money or the stress reduction. Okay? <laughs> They're obscenely expes- expensive, they're, they're obscenely stressful. They yes. make you old before your time. They really do. Yeah. There just are no logical reasons no. to have children other than that drive to, to want to have a kid and the fact that having a kid does transform you in positive ways, usually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing is that, you know, so kids are more in a way protected. Adolescence is longer. It's now, you know, you could argue that. Kids aren't really expected to launch until their late twenties. And I think so. We would have been expected to in our late teens. That's right. Uh, so that that's that can be right on schedule. They're going to live a lot longer too, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. And in terms of the economics, I I still can't. You know, I know Elon Musk and people talk about the the catastrophe of depopulation. I don't necessarily see it, especially as we get robots and artificial intelligence. Why, why wouldn't we want to have a country with, you know, a hundred million people instead of 300 million people or a planet with a few billion people instead of, you know, 9 billion people that urge to, to, to grow, 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 still grow. going to be there. Yeah. And we'll grow in other ways. Well, it's also true of any, of all cultures, the more educated the women are, the 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 more the population 
standard. The estimates that I've seen in the last few years is that if everybody coordinated on this planet, you know, you basically turned Earth into a, a climax forest with humans being running it. Um, it would probably be between 14 and 16 billion people. And that that would be sustainable going in, into the future. Uh, I think that's probably right. And, I, and also, I agree with you about not just because there's going to be more AI stuff, but because Americans work too many hours anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's not I mean, like we got this great thing going that we want to say, hey, these cubicles are great, people. What's the matter? You, why aren't you coming to the cubicles? Yeah, well, 50 hours a week is great. 60 hours a week is, you know, my son has been doing residency for the last three years. The way that hospitals exploit young doctors is just, I, you know, I have another uh, resident in treatment. I mean, and, you know, they have to do it. They want to be doctors and stuff, but but you really, you know, it would, everybody would be a lot more relaxed if, if like five people were doing the jobs that three people are doing now. Yeah. Everybody's less stressed. They get more sleep. You know, there's plenty of money for it if things get redistributed. But, you know, the iGen people feel, and, and maybe that's the next generation too, they don't feel like they have a power to change that system. They yeah. feel like I want to adjust. I want a secure place in the system. I don't have confidence that I can change the system. And I think that's the reason, even, even though they're more politically independent, they're still more politically polarized. I, mm -hmm. Here's one of my favorite statistics. In 1960, 6% of, uh, of Republicans and 5% of, uh, of uh, Democrats said, I don't care if my kid marries somebody of the other party. So now <laughs> it's, it's 56% conservatives, you know, 48% Democrats. They, they don't care about another ethnicity or, you know, whatever. My kid has a gay marriage. I care about whether they marry an opposite. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, we're, and, and from a developmental perspective, we would say that's worldviews. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the conservative worldview and the progressive worldview, the blue versus the green. They, they found they've, they've coalesced. Their identities have hardened. Or, or found themselves. It's like once green continues to come into the system, then the antithesis, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the negation of that also finds that it has to, you know, everybody just assumed that we had this monoculture. Mm -hmm. uh, but as we continue to differentiate and, and then we integrate, hopefully, and that's... Um, that's one of the things she she actually in her new book names the kids born after 2013. So these are the kids. These yeah, are yeah. 10 or 12. She calls them the polars because polars, they're okay. going to grow up in this polarized society and the polarized caps are melting. So I found it to be very unconvincing. I think that the younger generation, they're going to grow up in a polarized society and they're going to say, fuck this. You know, like everybody else does. I think most you know, people grow up in a society. It's like I get this. What's next? Well, What's next is transpolarized. You know, or integrated. Transport integrated. You yeah. know, polarizes. You know, one of the interesting things, uh, uh, if if you like baseball, you're going to be liking the team that your family liked when you were eight and nine years old. Okay. That's true of every generation. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It just gets downloaded, doesn't it? And it stays there. 
Okay, yeah, the Dodgers. Okay, well, anyway, so the millennials are the first generation that identified more with each other than they did with their national stuff, okay? And I gender even more like that, and, and I guess the pollers are going to be even more. But you'd think that that would make them more progressive. Uh-uh. You know, uh, a lot of millennials, because, and particularly late millennials, uh, I, early iGen, because they're concerned about safety, and because they're socially isolated and lonely. Okay, now you notice where we're going now. Socially isolated and lonely. The world's not making sense. You don't feel safe. Okay, these are the conditions that create mass formation psychosis. So the ideology, the nativist side of ideology that, that, that emerged out of that, particularly Trump uh, demonizing uh, um, uh, immigrants, that captured a lot of the, a lot of the millennials who voted for him. It was kind of a perfect storm when that happened. Um, and even now, 20%, so most of the college students are uh, basically saying, look, I'm in it for myself. They're very individualistic. I want to get my job and I want to be secure and so on. Um, and I'm, they describe themselves as independents. Nobody describes themselves as moderate anymore. Moderate is, is now considered a bad thing. But 20% of college students are extremely progressive, extremely conservative and they're the ones that are making trouble okay and so i think the rest of the the, the individualistic igen people are just kind of trying to stay out of their way i think that's true i think that's roughly true for the culture at large you know i just saw the wall street journal poll talking about uh transgender are we getting it about right or is it too much too little the vast not vast majority but 60 plus percent was either we're getting it right or um we could do more. You know, it, it's like, you know, men and women uh, getting it about right, 60%. I mean, there's these big numbers. Yeah. And yet, and, and here's where I would defend um, emergence in a way or evolution. Evolution likes these extreme. Uh, ah. They do. They're out there um, bringing, you know, almost focusing their worldview against each other, arguing for it. They're, you know, in the arena with each other. I'm not sure it's not fruitful. It's ugly and well, it's anxiety provoking. You know, Jeff. I'm not sure it's not just what evolution wants. You know, Fritz Perl said, somebody said, what's Gestalt therapy? And Fritz Perl said, it's making the implicit explicit and pointing out the obvious. I feel Thank like you. You, just, you just did that. <laughs> I think you just did that. With, with 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 evolution, with that those kinds of energies create that shift that puts it, those kinds of energies put energy into the system. And in a yes. complex system that's energized from the outside, that energy creates an urgency in the system to to reorganize in a way that's more energy and independent. Yes. Um, yeah. And what we can notice, Keith, and this is an this is another piece of I think good news that evolution brings us is that we are now fighting that battle in a way that is nonviolent, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's verbally uh, ugly as can be. And, you know, reput reputations and canceling, and there's real victims of it. There's, there's, emotional, real, there's more emotional there's violence. Fallout. There's yeah. more emotional violence, less physical violence yes. developmentally. Exactly. And it's hard to say how much emotional violence is attended by physical violence. So, you know, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but so our job as integralists and the universal donors and the friends to all 
Just, just have the you know do what we can to make the fight more fair, more fruitful, but not think this shouldn't be happening. It's awful that it is. I can't stand it. You know we're doomed. Well, you know this is an ongoing conversation. Yeah, I've I've fallen to that, and then I and then I it's almost like I I step in the mud and then I wash my boots off and then I step into the mud again. To me, one of the persons that helps me wash my boots the best, you know, <laughs> because I, I'll I'll step in the mud by by making the mistake of characterizing all of conservatives by you know the extreme psychopaths that have emerged out of um, the the mass formation ideology the rather extreme than all psych, the extreme psychopath himself. Yeah, right. But he who shall not be named. He who shall not be named. That's right. He should not be named. Yeah. It's, okay. Um, but I, I now as a therapist, looking at all this stuff, um, you know, one great thing about about being a being a therapist as long as I've done it, you know, 50 years, I've kind of lived through the generations. But but now, because I have people that, that I work with that are 80 and people that I work with that are 16, I'm, st I'm still in all of them, you know? Um, the therapy archetype is like coyote in, in, uh, in Navajo uh, uh, mythology, uh, Loki a little bit in North America. You know, the, you, you go into a culture, you're part of it, but you're not 100% part of it because you're, you're really... On the on the edge between between all the cultures, and I think that's why there's a lot of a lot of therapists in integral because integral is like that. Yeah, you know, felt appreciation from multiple points of view. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And each one of these things, each one of these worldviews, the gen, the, the when it appears, kind of needs a different level of attunement, a different kind of understanding. Mm. You know, you that that if you're not in, in if you're not in harmony with their motivation system. Their, particularly their extreme intrinsic motivation systems and their perception of the extrinsic motivation systems, then you lose credibility. Um, so that puts a lot of pressure in therapy, good pressure. Yeah. You go, okay, let's look at your intrinsic motivators. What are the good ones and the and the and the, the not good ones or the you know, liberating ones and the constricting ones? And let's look at your experience of the world. Um, the the iGen kids are not as confident about the world giving them room to grow. They think that the world's giving them obstacles. Millennials thought the world was their oyster to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. they have more narcissism, but they had more self-confidence, Jeff. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do think that, um, uh, you know, the, the change is radical in the sense that, you know, when you talk about a therapist needing to vibe with yeah. the you know, basically the cosmic address of their clients. Exactly. Uh, so does integral. I mean, that's that's what comes naturally, and we want to do that and, and really wrap our heads around people's different new emerging value systems, and that's what's going on here. And uh, so another of the issues that she talked about, uh, in uh, she talked about it, you, you mentioned it in your email to me, is that Uns they're rejecting education in the way that we thought it needed to be, and church too. Yeah. And, and so, what's the progress there? What what's evolution doing here? And you know, to me, it's like in a way, right on schedule. If I if I think of schooling, the schooling that you and I had 
and has been sort of the model of public education in the modern world. And public education is a modern phenomena. It's not a traditional phenomena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's about downloading information. That's right. Uh, so we learn about math and we learn about science. And we learn about this and we learn about that. And we sat there and we did our best to learn it. And, you know, in some ways it's snuffed out our life force. You know what I mean? It's like it. blue over civilizes red and and orange over uh, rationalizes. Over rationalizes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you got it. So, and, but, and, but, and over green oversensitizes. Oversensitizes. Yeah. But what we know about education now is all that information's at the tip of our fingertips. That's right. It, it's it's less important to know this information than it is to know how to get it. Which and, explains yeah. it explains why um, there's so much pushback around the you know I forget the name the six eleven and and critical race theory. There's mm -hmm. so much pushback. Why? And and you the, know the, the, so you're talking to sixteen nineteen project sixteen nineteen yeah. There's so much pushback because. Managing information and discerning is the most important thing now. So you do need some kind of fundamental, you yeah. know, you need to know what atoms and quarks and, you know, you need to know about basic bio biology, you know, basic evolutionary, you know, there are areas. But one thing that, that is reassuring about this is that lack of trust in, in education means that teachers are going to have to be more credible if you look back, and I look back in my education, there were certain teachers where I went, whoa, you know, this person, this person has access to something I don't have, and, and I'm interested. It could be in any, sub, any subject. You know, the, the, there was a combination of passion and charisma that caught my attention, and I wanted to go deeper. And, and now, of course, teachers in the United States are not treated particularly well. Though I like it that they're striking the first, but but if if there's if there if if that archetype of if you have one good teacher in elementary school, just one year of a good teacher, you make more money after in your twenties than people who didn't have that one year of, of a yeah. good. Teacher. And what are those teachers doing? What makes them that in, as opposed to the other you know ninety five out of a hundred? Now, do you remember? Did you ever have a teacher like that? Yes, and I I have an idea of what that is. Okay, so you say what you no, I have an idea too. But tell me what yours is first, because uh, I I'm, I'm curious. Somehow they plugged plugged me into the life force. You know, they plugged me into the magic of the subject they were teaching. Yes, and uh, and made me. Ex you know that that was really all they needed to do. The life force takes care of the rest in a way. Uh, but, you know, guiding and so forth. And this is where this is another one of these downsides of the green meme is that the the green education system and, and the education system is green, green, green. Uh, there's exceptions, but that's where green uh, has the hegemony. It's about it's it's not about enchanting the world. I'll tell you that. Well, look, it's about the ever darkening world. And so, fuck, you know, I get it. I don't want to sit there and listen to that shit either. But, um, you know, so that's, to me, that was what a great teacher did. What do you well, think? Well, first of all, I agree. The yeah. No Child Left Behind Act was a catastrophe because all over the country now, 
every single school has to teach to test and get test scores or they don't get federal money. Yeah. And so that's dominating everything. You know, there's a law called Campbell's Law uh, uh, that Don Campbell uh, proposed 50 years ago. And he said that, that law is to the extent that any social indicator is used for social decision-making, it will have a tendency to become corrupted itself and to corrupt what it's measuring. And so the No Child Left Behind Act has, first of all, it's corrupted the whole uh, system to the extent that SAT hasn't been received by certain people like UC systems. And it's corrupted the education system because kids are just disgusted and, and nauseated and distressed by this whole thing, which brings brings it to another. And so this goes to what were the what were the teachers that were inspiring teachers? One, yes. When there's somebody that 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 was into the enchantment of whatever it was to the extent that I felt a little bit of the magic. There you go. If I if I if I if I felt that little bit of magic and if I, I felt that there was some personal connection, then it would involve a challenge. You know, usually it was somebody who got me. They went, hey, you know, Keith. But sometimes it was somebody who was just, you know, kind of a motherfucker, you know, kind of a dangerous person challenged me. Oh, okay. But there was a little bit of that. I, I like the people who got me more than the people that challenged me. But still, when they, the enchantment hit... That sucked me right in. Yeah. I needed to know it to the extent that Keith needs to know stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, that's been true ever since. I didn't recognize it when I was a kid. And these people were unafraid uh, of, of the kids. And they had a, they had a connection to the magic. Uh, you know, when I'm working with them. Um, and it could be science. It could be art. It could be, you know, math. Math, so, math is magical. You know, yeah, my son, he had a great calculus teacher and he's one of the best calculus students in, in his yes. school. Why? Yes. Cal calculus had. Now, th th that being said, um, teachers, are, teachers in Finland have a mentor teacher that looks at the energy that they have in their classes, sees them teach every week, gives them feedback. And they see the class as something that needs to be attuned psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually first. And then all the other stuff comes second. And they don't test very much. And they, they are always either the top in the top one or two of scores because they, they use some tests, but hardly any. So that, that focus on the energetic exchange, on the culture of the classroom, on how it's feeling and whether it's being attuned emotionally, spiritually, and, and so on, first, seems to produce more of these kinds of teachers. And I'm really hoping that that's the direction that education's going to go yeah. in the United States. It's so fascinating. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, as you tell about this, that so these, these teachers sort of align the students in the group before they get into the teaching. So what you're it's saying. an ongoing thing. I mean, it's yeah. it's mean, and you know the great teachers that I've worked with, and I work with a lot of great teachers. Um, they talk about that. I mean, when one guy has special ed, which is very hard, he said, "Yeah, it took me a long time to get the class together," and he was talking about getting together emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. Right on. 
And there was one year that he couldn't get his class to get together. It was really distressing for him. You know, yeah. he couldn't do it, but mostly he could. And when well, that happens, the kids, there's a little bit of enchantment that comes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we tend to lose it, though, now around seventh grade. What happens around seventh grade these days? They get the iPhone. Okay. Sixth, yeah. seventh grade, they get the iPhone. They're on social media. And now people don't realize how addictive that substance is. Yeah. So it, it's it's great, but it's addictive. And after two hours, and, and so now we have all these statistics. There's 20 hours more online, 20 hours less face-to-face, blah, blah, blah. People getting sick and, and this one. Um, I, I'm wondering what's going to happen to these kids. Okay, 25, 28, 29, they get married, 30, 32. They have a kid. When you get married and you have a kid, you have to go into community with other people. You have to have other moms around. You have to have other dads around. You have to have other families. They're, they have to have a lot of face-to-face time. You just can't, you know, go remote with your two-year-old. Yep. And, you know, your four-year-old doesn't want to go to the playground by herself. She wants to have other people to play with. So you got to figure out play dates. That means talking to people. Okay? Yeah. What's going to happen? You, you can't just say, get out of the house here. It's a nice day. That was what my mother did. That's what my mother did, too. Play dates. <laughs> and not only that, my mother would kick you me out of the house. Date. My mother would kick me out of the house at six and seven and eight. And if I didn't show up until five o'clock, nobody cared. No problem. I could be All good. I, I could have done you, anything. What are you doing here? <laughs> All right. So let me just respond to a couple yeah, of things. That, before I forget them. First of all, back to the, this Finnish teacher. Yeah. So, so theoretically, when we talk about moving into integral, we're talking about moving the best of all those previous stages into a new integration. Yeah. One of these things is the the wisdom of the purple meme of the indigenous tribal. Yes. And that's a big thing, you know, indigenous education and ways of thinking and so forth. And, you know, that's the sort of cutting edge of wokeness and so forth. But there's something it's like I was watching a documentary. And it was about some tribe, I'm forgetting where it was, but the men would go hunting and the women would do this kind of weaving and beating and so forth. And so they'd get together in the circle and they would sing for an hour before there was any work done. Okay. And so what were they doing? They were creating that liquid we space that is so delicious and so missing in modernity. I mean, it's talk about, you know, that's the source of anxiety, depression, you know, is that that's been wrung out of the system. Evolutionarily, maybe appropriately in a certain brutal way of evolution. But that kind of thing is what you're talking about. That's where right. The, you get the we space, you get this one thing. It's not a collection of individuals anymore. It's a we, it's a we. Mm-hmm. It's that's a new object, ontological object. And um, and I love that. So this is that integration. And, and this is, you know, the resolution of this indigenous versus science. And of course, right now, the 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 battle is about indigenous is better than science and science is better than indigenous. They're both necessary. Yeah, know, blah, blah. blah. Anytime you're getting number, better. Doing the other, we want an integration. This is where integral people get frustrated. It's like this yeah. is you know. Think about it this. So there's a say. There's a group of kids, okay, and they're all sitting there like dutifully singing the Star Spangled Banner. 
All right. Okay, so they're all singing together, right? Okay, now think about a group of kids and they're all together and they're playing instruments and they're singing old time rock and roll. Just get those old records off the shelf. Yeah. I didn't listen to them by myself. You know, like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which one of those things has more spirit? Right. Yeah. Okay. That so a teacher goes, all right. What's good? This is my kids went to a middle school where they did this. What's gonna what, what is gonna light you up spiritually? Uh, but this is one of the reasons that I always do spiritual practices with teenagers and young young adults. I'll mm-hmm. teach them to them. I'll encourage them to do it. Some of them follow through. Some of them don't. But at least they've had the experience of some, of connecting to something larger than themselves. Because I can make that happen in the session. Yeah. Then after you know, if you don't do the practices, you don't stay connected, of course. But at least you've had the peak. Yeah. I know it's there. And I think there's a new religion arising, and this is the psychedelic stuff. You know, what is a religion? Okay, religion is people get together, they do ceremony with each other, um, they look for, there's some kind of wisdom generated, and generally there's some kind of service involved to somebody, okay? And so what I'm seeing happen is, I've seen people get together, groups of men and women and so on, do a psychedelic stuff, go into people, and the focus is on healing and transformation and feeling community with each other. Um, I'm seeing this happen again and again. And I think that that tribal element was missing. This is why churches are emptying out in Europe and the United States. But when you bring that in, um, and not in a mass formation way, but in a personal, because we're an individualistic society, these are in this is these groups are not about service primarily. They're about self-discovery, self-transformation, um, mm-hmm. you know, going out into the world. Um, uh, and that service thing, I think, is a is a loss. Uh, but I think these groups now are, are it's like the old peyote religion in the Southwest. I think I think that that yeah. the, 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 there were one in spiritual experiences that experience that are substantive and they're personally irrelevant. And, you know, you got to go to person. What's relevant to us as individuals? Healing and transformation and relationship. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of iGen kids said, 70% of them, there's questions that I have that I wouldn't ask, the, the Christian ones, I wouldn't ask to a pastor. I wouldn't bring up those topics. Um, well, if you can't talk to the shaman about what's on your mind, what good is he? You know? Useless. Yeah. And so there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so we're talking about religion. Religion, what would you say? It, it gives us a sense of mission, mm-hmm. purpose, connection to the other world, and community. And community. Yeah, yeah. the community part yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. So identity. So, yeah, I think psychedelics is huge mm-hmm. uh, in, in the cutting edge of culture and even more than the cutting edge these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but also the, the, and I, I mean this in a good way, the religion of climate and environmentalism, you know, this is, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, like a lot of religion, it's, it's populated with fanatics, but fanatics play a role in religions, you know, catching on. Well, Uh, it's never pretty, you know, think of the fanatics of the past. Uh, but th- but it's a religion that's it's an appropriate one. You know, we we've killed off natu- nat- half of the natural world. 
you know, uh, that seemed to be what evolution wanted so that we could get modernity installed. And we've yeah. done uh, so now it's time to move from growth to sustainability to a world centric, you know, environment, clean up the planet. And that's a worthy religion. You know, as is, you know, uh, egalitarianism and, you know, world centric, life culturalism. All of these are, you know, populated by fanatics, but they're doing the work of human emergence and you know, pointing it out to the rest of us. You know, here's the weird thing about the as annoying as they are. <laughs> I just want to add. Here's a yeah. Here's a here's a weird thing about the IGN. Um, they're like libertarians about certain things. They don't believe in gun control. They don't believe in 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 federal environmental laws. Okay. Weirdly, they now they believe in access to abortion. They they believe in. Um, um, you know, people being able to do what they want to do and so on. But I was fascinated by that. I thought, so is that going to change with them as they begin to, to have personal experiences with um, environmental disasters, uh, you know, toxic stuff, uh, arsenic in their water, uh, a, a tornado in Compton yesterday, yeah. tornadoes in Compton. I mean, is that going to change? I'm I'm just so interested in the next. How do you? So how you're do saying you that the, the, the Generation Z to we're talking about the 20, 30s yeah. and under um, are not in favor of uh, environmental legislation. You no, know, they're 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 for the environment, but they don't want the government to tell oh, people what to do. That, that's an interesting differentiation. Yeah, they don't uh, want they don't want mass shootings. But but the IGN says, well, we don't we don't want to have gun control. I, I mean, now it's not internally consistent, but you know, nothing. Well, it may be in the sense that you know it challenges maybe our thinking, Keith, because we think you know you're you're for something. Don't you want government controlling it? Maybe they're for something, but they don't want government controlling it. Well, you know, and I've been uh, maybe really that is an appropriate next uh, sort of realization. Uh, and and maybe they're on to something because the government controlling things has, you know, huge downsides and it's inefficient. Maybe there's another way to go. I don't know. But I'm trying to find the intelligence in that apparent contradiction. Well, I've been thinking about that in that, you know, I have clients, you know, any any law you make is a blunt instrument. Okay. So blunt instruments means some people are going to get screwed by it, even if a lot of people are helped by it. Um, and And I really think that if there's enough people in a, in an area, a local Boulder, Santa Barbara, you know the reason that Boulder and Santa Barbara are pretty good environmental places is because of the people in Boulder and Santa Barbara made sure that they're good environmental places. Federal legislation didn't turn Boulder and Santa Barbara. I mean, they're beautiful places and all that other stuff. And so I think that empowerment, that local empowerment, probably is the future. But but it would require an evolution of consciousness in the zeitgeist, because you know notice there's increasing contrast. Say Mississippi health outcomes versus Colorado health outcomes. Okay, uh, educational outcomes. Uh, you we're really seeing more and more and more of a discrepancy between certain ways of community self organizing and being supported yeah. in self organizing. Because I, because I think if you support a community in self-organizing, it'll produce 
one, it'll produce racism and oppression, but on the other, it'll produce liberation and moving things forward, making humans. And so maybe what will happen is that this the that the larger governments, the state governments, the federal governments, will get more invested in empowering local people to be able to do what they want, um, as long as they're not violating rights. Um, and 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 then maybe maybe we have change happening from the bottom up more than from the yeah. top down. Well, I think we're seeing that if you think of um, the ways in which uh, cons- young consumers, particularly, take very close attention to the eco- ecological practices of the products they buy way more than we ever did mm-hmm. um, and so maybe it's that kind of thing where you know there's a mass intelligence that collective intelligence that is facilitated by social media and so forth that uh, responds appropriately and without the blunt force of the government I don't know well you know so this brings me so there's so, one thing I wanted to say before we stop because I think this is you know we kind of we're kind of zeroing in, you know. Get, we're almost there. We almost have it figured out. We almost have it figured out again, Jeff. God, <laughs> you know. When I was when I was teenager, you know, back when we were in hippies, you know, yeah. back in those days. And you're right; it wasn't everybody. There was, no, yeah. it actually was a small percentage of the church, but we had the big mouths and the megaphone and the media. Yeah, we oh. had the big mouth and the patched up clothes and. <laughs> Pretty much no money, but a lot of drugs and sex. I mean, yep. I don't know. I I do it. I guess I'd do it again. But the point I'm making about it is is when we were there, there were people of other generations that identified us by what was best about us. Mm-hmm. They identified us by the by human spirit trying to transcend what was going on. Okay. And those people matter to me. Those those people those are the only people that that I trusted really, and they they went all the way up to really really old. Okay, so that's you and me now. Okay, and that's a lot of that's integral now. That's people looking at felt appreciation for all points of view. And when you're around someone, you're focusing on what's beautiful, good, and true in their system rather than what's destructive. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it's a nice switch. Nice switcheroo. <laughs> yeah. You know, from critical to curious, from critical to creative, you know. From, from critical to compassionate. Com- yes. And I think that's where, I think the integral awakening is happening through that. Because that's a through line through multi, multiple generations. Okay. And there's once you get that, that is so cool. It is so beautiful. That you want to, you know, this is when I talk to you, like I get off of that when I start hating on Republicans and you bring me back to this. Okay. And I go, oh yeah, that's much better. <laughs> better to hate both sides. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll end on that. How's that? On that note, we will hate both sides and that way we will love everybody. <laughs>